Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Welcome back, everyone, to the 24th Aspire Mailbag with my good friend, Teach Better teammate, the COO and co-founder of Teach Better, now a human snowball, Jeff Gargas. Is it really 24? It seems like a lot. We've been doing this for a little while, my man. You know, Josh, I was thinking about what I was going to say when I got on here, and I was like back and forth between really excited because it's been a while. It has. But also a little upset because it's been a while. Like, I don't know what's going on, but it has been a while since we did one of these. It's been busy, man. It really has. Yeah. Between COVID and, you know, the Teach Better podcast network growing like crazy. I feel like the last mailbag episode was what? It was pre-COVID, wasn't it? No. No. <laughs> when was it? September? October? It's been a, several it's been months, hasn't it? A couple of months, yeah. Man. Boy, whoever, I don't know who it is. If you hear me, whoever's producing this show <laughs> needs to get their act together. That's all I, I have to he's, say about that. He's a hot mess. I know him personally. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's good to be back, brother. Oh, it's good to have you. And and I'm excited because we have a guest. We do. Someone I get to work closely with. You know, talk about hot messes. This one is, <laughs> is just on the northern side of us. We have the amazing Brad Hughes with us. Technically, he's up in Canada, so that's a, more of a chilly mess. Yeah, a, a cold mess. mess. Yeah, a cold, a cold mess. a brisk, a brisk mess, if you will. Jeff and Josh, great to be with you tonight. And uh, yeah, Jeff, like you, a huge jumping of snow here in Ontario and digging our way out. And it just it just doesn't stop. Yeah. it's Is it still snowing right now in Ontario? It has just stopped in the last okay, half hour. Okay, it stopped here in Ohio. Yep. It's, it's chilled out for the last couple hours now, which is nice. I just want to throw in that in Texas, for five minutes, it snowed. <laughs> And are you okay? Did everyone survive? You know, there were a lot of concerned people in Texas. I bet. You know, a lot of screaming and running around, but they all survived. Thankfully, it pretty much integrated it while it was in the air. At least the kids got to see it for, for a couple minutes. So did it did it dust the ground at all or no? No, no. Okay. School closures there, Josh? And all over Texas. Yeah. Inter- well, but that's... Interstates closed? <laughs> that's what would happen. So, so, like, my brother lives down in Atlanta, and just a little bit of dust and they got to shove it down because they don't have trucks. They don't yeah. prepare for that. No one knows how to drive in it. Like, it sounds silly, but when you think about it, like, Oh yeah, it makes sense that they shut down because it's not safe. They don't know what, you know, cause when you don't do that every winter. And then my brother said they, everyone buys all the bread. Yeah. So he figured out because they buy the bread because I don't know why Southerners buy bread, but I guess I need to buy bread now. So that and toilet paper, two bread important bread. staples. If you're snowed in <laughs> bread and toilet paper, so. that's, that's, what, that's what you need. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about essentials, let's talk about this episode. So for those who may not have listened before, we reach out to you, the listener, to ask for leadership questions via Twitter, Instagram, and Boxer. And in past episodes, we've answered anywhere from three to five leadership questions. And this week, we have three, so we're going to hit those up. And so for those who have posted questions in the past and, and this week, we just thank you so much, not only for posting those, but for all our listeners listening to us as we try and hit on these leadership topics. So, gentlemen, I don't know if you are ready, but um, we've got some important questions to to hit tonight. Absolutely. All right. Brad seems much more excited than I am. He, he's a new. I feel like I should have. I feel like I should have said something different, but I'm going to stick with it. We'll stick with that. <laughs> Sorry. You're, you're the veteran here, Gargus. So we got someone here who is a part of the Teach Better Podcast Network, Ryan Scott. And he is asked, when do you know that an employee is ready to be promoted to a new position within your district? 
Jeff and Josh, I'd, I'd say that it's going to start with a conversation with that employee and, and talk with the employee about what do you see and, and what does he or she see as their best next steps to grow as educators and leaders in the district. It's a, it's a tough question to answer uh, because to me, I think it's a, it's a conversation between what the employee aspires to do or to be and what his or her mentor can offer in terms of coaching, in terms of providing those next steps. And so it's, to me, it's a conversation rather than knowing that someone is ready. It would, it would, if I determined that someone was ready, it would be at the end of a conversation where we are working towards a next step for you in your leadership, in your contribution to the district. Yeah, 100% agree with that. I think the only piece I'd add to it is, is that conversation is, is it a matter of are they ready because they're ready or are they ready because you're looking for someone to fill a position and now you think this might be the right person? So I think depending on what the question is, I think either way, though, it goes to what Brad said. It's a conversation with that person around what they are looking for to what Brad said, also what you are able to provide them and potentially is if there is an opening, a spot, what is required of that? What is the purpose of it? And does that align with what they're trying to do? Or if there isn't a position to Brad's point, what can you now do when you think they're ready to, as a mentor, as a leader, to get them ready for whenever that spot opens, or if they're going to go look somewhere else, if that's the case, how do you best support them there? But I think Brad hit it right on the head is that it starts the conversation of what are they trying to do? What, what does that mean? What's the next position look like? What is, does it line up with what they're trying to be, what they're trying to go into? And then for me personally, as some, you know, someone with employees and stuff like that, if I'm looking to, to move someone, whatever, like, yeah, it's a conversation. There's a little bit of gut feeling in there. Uh, as long as they check the boxes that have to be checked, you know, to, you know, with, whether that's with contracts or human resource or whatever, like outside of that, then it's a, you're a leader, you're a leader for a reason. Sometimes just trust your gut. You got a good feeling. You know when someone's ready to step up. Um, and then it goes outside of that. It's to what Brad said is, are they, do they feel like they want to step up? Is that in line with their goals? Yeah. Just piggyback on that. As far as the, do they want to step up is, do they have the initiative and do they act? Right. So I think the conversation is, is needed. It must happen after that conversation. And once they say that they want to get into that next position, what are they doing to get there? What are they doing to get that experience? And I don't know about you, Brad, but I've had many of conversations with teachers before and they talk about they want to be a leader or they want to be an administrator and they have these goals. And then after that conversation, I never see them again. <laughs> and I'm like, well, do you really want to get to the next point, right? So obviously teachers are really stretched out right now, but in addition to what they're doing in the classroom, are they touching other aspects of the campus or the district? Are they doing things that are impacting just beyond the four four walls? So I'm always looking for someone who's hungry and who's a go-getter, who wants to be mentored, who who's taking the next steps um, to get that experience that they need to then be promoted. Um, so yeah, I agree. Conversation is 100%. The gut piece, I'm with you, Jeff. Um, that's huge as far as being a leader and trying to figure out who should be in that next leadership role. But then also, I definitely want to see initiative from any candidate. I think we want to grow educators' understanding and awareness of, of the fact that leadership can happen in multiple places and multiple situations on a campus. And so as school leaders, one of our 
opportunities is to shine a light on those opportunities and distribute the leadership. So we want good things to happen across our campus, across our district. How can we leverage the talents, the interests, uh, and the goodwill of the people that we are serving with to make good things happen that result in better outcomes for kids. Sometimes it, it's just a matter of naming it. It's just naming the opportunity or naming the need. Hey, there's a, there's a need here. And sometimes it's someone will step forward. And sometimes it's on us to give those people a, a tap on the shoulder and say, I think you're the right person to help take this next step. And, and leadership can happen wherever there are people willing to take the first step and to rally others to come alongside them. You have your first follower, your second follower, you'll get them experience building a team. And that, to me, that's the essence of leadership is, is taking roles, distributing, distributing roles, distributing opportunities to improve the system, improve the, the, the school, improve the district, but above all, improve outcomes for kids and, and, the answers are probably a lot closer than we think. Just have to take a good look at the people around us and, and really recognize their capacity and, and believe in what they have to offer. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right, gentlemen, you ready for question number two? Do it. All right, so this one's from Alex Valencic. Of course, he is a part of the Teach Better Ambassador program. Amazing, amazing educator. And he is asking that he heard somewhere recently, someone is wondering aloud whether we may be giving too much grace, perhaps by giving up on previous non-negotiables. His question is, is it possible to give too much grace? And if so, how much is too much? My immediate gut reaction to the first question is yes, absolutely. It is possible to give too much grace. The second question, that is really tough to, to answer, in my opinion. I think um, that you really have to start looking at, you know, we talk about the non-negotiables that used to be in place. And I, and we've had these conversations, I've had this conversation with quite a few leaders where they're trying to play, trying to figure out where's the balance between continuing to hold folks accountable so that we can continue to grow and be better and educate the kids and be there the best we can be. while also understanding that it is still an extremely difficult time uh, to be an educator. And there's so much, so many additional things on their plate that aren't necessarily necessarily being deemed uh, on their plate from the district that's just in the world and that they have to deal with. And we feel like anytime we bring back something that was a non-negotiable that used to be considered very, very important, we feel like, oh, it's another thing on their plate and we don't want to do that. We're back and forth. And I think this is a opportunity to put a more positive spin on it to reassess all those previous non-negotiables and are they truly non-negotiables and are we putting them back on the plate are we holding trying to bring them back as an accountability piece because it's what we used to do before the pandemic or because it's actually what's best for our teachers and our and our kids and if it is then and you're not doing the things that are best for the kids then yeah that's too much grace now, that doesn't mean you throw them all on the plate all at once to get them back, but we need to have the conversations and we need to make sure that that our, our staff know why we're, we want to bring things back and bring them into the conversation of how are we going to bring things back so that it's not overwhelming. And are there other things that we're already doing that don't need to be there, that don't need to be non-negotiable? So I really think it's first answer is absolutely yes, you, could, there's, you can have too much grace. The second answer is much, much harder to answer. And I think the key to figuring out that answer is to really, really, really clearly and 
critically examine what we consider non-negotiables, both that are not currently back in place and the ones that are already, already there. So we can figure out what actually is a reasonable uh, to bring back. Jeff, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think that if you as a school leader or as a school community slip into practices that are not benefiting kids, then you've, you've gone past grace. Uh, I think there is tremendous grace in holding staff to shared responsibilities about uh, how a school community will be. What kind of school community do we want to look forward to coming into every day and to our, our kids looking forward to coming? What kind of school community do we want to have them leave feeling glad that they came in and knowing that there was value added for them when they came into that space? If, 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 if we're not adding that, that's, that's not grace. I'm not sure what it is, but there, there is absolutely grace in seeking to understand why it may be challenging for those around us to, to give all that they can to the community that they serve. The grace to me is, is about constantly challenging ourselves to, to seek to understand the barriers to, to really digging into the important work that we're called to do. Um, it it's, requires suspending judgment and I just, again, just requires seeking to understand what our educators need in terms of growing their capacity to serve. Because I, you know, we said hungry earlier in the conversation. I know, I know that educators are absolutely hungry to serve, but they, they also need a community that understands that the, the community stress is incredible. Yeah. Uh, the stress on educators in particular is incredible from within and without. And and sometimes there's a mismatch between what we expect of ourselves uh, and what the community expects of us and what is actually achievable on the ground. So that's where the leaders stand in the gap between what is supposed to happen and what actually can happen based on the capacity of the people around them. And that to me is that sort of delicate dance and that requires some nuance. That's to me is, is part of the grace is the nuance of leadership is making even small adjustments to help your community forward in a way that shows both empathy, but also upholds high standards for outcomes for kids. I mean, the, the capacity piece is what I'm going to touch on, Brad, because I think that's a perfect word. I think right now, depending on the area that you live in and what, what you're experiencing in life, you may not be able to hold the same capacity that you would on a, on a normal year. So as a leader, you're going to have to make adjustments just like a teacher would to a student. So obviously you need to have accountability to go back to what Alex was asking. Yeah, you can give way too much grace and everything could fall apart and things wouldn't get done. But at the same point, you, you do need to have a gauge and a relationship with everyone on your campus to understand what it is that they're capable of doing and what is it that they need to be successful. And are you able to provide those resources? So grace is huge. Empathy is huge, especially right now. There are a lot of hurting people, a lot of stressed people and, and folks that you know don't know if they can get their job done every single day based on what's going on in all aspects of their life. So, you know, just as far as a leader, I think having a pulse of, of your staff and just trying to figure out what they need every single day to be successful. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcasts. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, gentlemen, ready for the last question? Ready. Let's do it. All right, so this one's from Matt Dunbar. And he's a part of the Aspire Vox group, awesome leader. And he's asking, I feel like the challenge of operating a school during COVID to a degree has stifled him um, with his creativity. So all that energy is going toward figuring out how to make each day work. 
So then how does he jumpstart his creative drive? Jeff, I, I can jump in here and, and challenge our thinking on what it means to be creative. I think that any time a school leader is coming up with new ways or the best way or the most functional way to face whatever challenges the day is bringing, that is creative. And any time that we are bringing forward ideas to benefit the community, that that is creative. That creation or creativity doesn't have to be associated with anything other than bringing new things to light based on our experiences and needs. And so I, I think that uh, our listener and, and mailbag contributor there, uh, Josh, actually is involved in, in Creative Act. I, I wonder if he's feeling stifled by the regulatory or the procedural tasks that he's called to be doing. Even within those, if you can weave relationships and growing understanding of the things that we're called to do to, to keep things as safe and, and as positive as we, as we can, there are absolutely creative opportunities. And so I, I would say don't lose hope and, and above all, don't diminish the creativity that you're demonstrating even, even amid the, uh, the different protocols of COVID. Totally agree. hundred percent agree with that. I'm going to take it in a slightly different direction. I, and Matt, if you listen, I apologize. I'm going to assume another direction that perhaps maybe you you use the word creativity and you were possibly meaning or feeling like your passion for what you do has been stifled. And maybe because that makes a thousand percent sense with, with the fact that you're just trying to get through every day. And so I would encourage you to one, not to sound completely cliche, but revisit your why and revisit it often of why you're there and look for the little opportunities that meet that why. And then to Brad's point, find the, the joy, the, the small wins, the high fives and the creativity that you are deploying in these things that Brad wrote down, like with the littlest thing that you have to do and you have to adjust on the fly to make your school work in such unique and ever-changing things is to Brad's point is hundred percent. It's a lot of creativity. So find the little wins there, right. To, to show yourself, but if it's your passion that you feel is stifled, Again, find the wins, re- revisit your why, and and look for and don't be ashamed to celebrate the really little wins. I think it's something that we, I think we forget to do a lot. We we so often want to look. We're we're trying to get to to this goal or that goal. We're focusing on this place we're slipping at, and we're not doing as well here. And we forget to find all the little wins. And if you can find a whole bunch of little wins, they add up to a really good day and a really good week, even when it's really really hard. And so I think that's a piece there too. So depending on which angle you were coming at, Matt, hopefully one of those two answers helps. Josh, where are you at? Yeah, I'm going to piggyback because you, you talked about little wins, but I, I'd also like to talk about little time, right? So for administrators, especially, we don't get a lot of time to do things that, you know, are our passion projects, especially right now with COVID just rampant and us having to like step into classrooms and do a lot of things that we're not typically doing on in a, in a school building. But if it's important to you, it's something that you're passionate about, then it's it's very important to find time, even if it's five minutes in a day to focus on that, whatever it might be that you're passionate about, whatever you find creativity in. I think that's going to give you a little bit of a fire in your belly to get you going. And, and maybe that five minutes on a, another day turns into 30. But whatever that time frame may be, you know, I think is going to serve you well, Matt. Obviously, it could be an outside project too. You know, the podcast from myself, 
um, writing the book. I mean, there's a lot of passion projects that I have that are outside of school that I do, and it totally fills my cup and makes me a better person, better administrator, better father, you know, all the other aspects of my life because I spend 30 minutes you know, on it. So it doesn't have to be within the school day. Uh, maybe there's something that you are passionate about that you can do maybe outside of the school building, but in turn helps make you a better educator. Josh and Jeff, author and podcaster Rob Bell has a really interesting take on creativity and adversity. And, and to paraphrase Rob Bell, that adversity creates situations where if we turn to a really important guiding question, that question is, what good can come out of even this? Uh, Rob Bell argues that out of adversity, out of pain, uh, out of suffering, come some of the world's most important and creative initiatives and ideas. Yeah. And if we greet every opportunity, as you said, Josh, whether it's covering a class, so much of what we're called to do right now as school leaders would two years ago fall out of our sort of scope of understanding of what it means to be a school leader. We're, we're being called to do so much that is untested or we've never been in this situation before. So, you know, the, the question, what good can come out of even this moment to moment? And remember that out of adversity grows some of the most incredible accomplishments and just keep an eye out for that. Well said. All right. So I actually have a fourth question here. This is going to go to Mr. Jeff Gargas. Question is, what is going on with the Teach Better team? <laughs> What is going on with the Teach Better team? Wow, a lot. I think the two big things that I will touch on is one, uh, our next 12-hour live event is February 26th. That's Saturday, 8 a.m. Eastern time all the way to 8 p.m. Eastern time. That's 12 hours of free professional development throughout the day. So it's 12 hours that we will be live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And um, segments are all either 30 minutes, 60 minutes. There's a whole bunch of really great people. Um, what's really nice about this, this is a unique one or a very cool one right now because lots of new faces on this one. Yep. I mean, some familiar faces, but a lot of new faces in this live, which is going to be really cool. So lots of prizes. It's going to be a good time. So that's important. So you want to put that on your calendar, February 26th. And then um, still going on right now, um, early bird pricing on the 2022 Teach Better Conference, which is happening October 14th and 15th in uh, Akron, Ohio. Uh, we've got an awesome new venue. Super excited. going to be some really cool stuff. going to be podcaster row there as well. So live podcasting going on. Yes. Um, all kinds of cool stuff. And uh, some, and it's going to be really exciting to see. We have some really awesome speakers that I may announce it very soon. Actually, we may have already started that by the time this episode comes out. So that's coming really soon. And then, um, but the uh, right now you can get $100 off on, on your early bird price. And that goes all the way up until March 1st. And then that will go. So you got, you guys have a hundred bucks right now. And also if you're listening to Wonder and proposals open on March 1st as well. So you can submit proposals then. So that'll be happening soon too. So those are two big ones. So everything for the conference is over at teachbetterconference.com. Brad, how excited are you about the Teach Better Conference? I'm so excited. And uh, Podcasters Row and the opportunity to contribute from the inside out to the conference is something that I'm really, really excited to to do. And also you know, one of my first opportunities, hopefully to meet in person so many of the incredible people that uh, I've, I've only come to know uh, online. So a chance to have a in-person meetup and to share time, space, and energy with these folks is incredibly exciting for me. Josh, can I ask another question? This one to Brad? Of course. A silly question. I feel like I should know, Brad, but I don't know the answer. 
have you been i you have you been to the states before have you visited times before and how often i'm curious because you're not yeah. far off you're, you're pretty close to the border yeah i sure have uh mostly down to walt disney world in the orlando area okay. but uh, we've been to uh south carolina uh michigan pennsylvania we we've, we've done some road trips uh jeff with the family from southern ontario uh down i-95 uh, all the way down to florida so uh, i have friends uh in new york and i have new friends that i want to meet from uh Ohio and from Illinois and from all over the place. I've got friends in Florida that, you know, if I can't go to them, maybe they can all come to the conference in Akron this, uh, this nice. fall and we can, uh, we can meet up there. It's going to be exciting. Well, gentlemen, this has been so much fun to spend the evening with you answering these fantastic leadership questions for the listeners. If you have any questions that are popping in your head while you're listening, make sure that you're reaching out to myself, Jeff, um, and we would love to answer those in future mailbags. But gentlemen, like I said, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the Aspire podcast. Pleasure being with you both. Thank you so much. Always appreciate you, brother. 